The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. people <clears throat> what's going on i'm here today chilling um interesting conversation we gonna have today um and yeah so um welcome back if you don't know me i'm nate host of the artist exchange radio show if you're watching today please take a couple minutes and share it out um, tell a friend, phone a friend, let them know we're doing good things over here and we want you to be a part of it. So come on out every Friday at 5 p.m. Uh, to BeExposedRadio.com. Get yourself a Friday snack, put your feet up and join in a conversation if you want to. Um, we have a phone number. Ooh, somebody messaged me. Are you going to watch the show? Let me see who whatever is that message me. Don't send me messages during the show because I be getting confused. confused. Oh, that was uh, Nicole. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, I have a lot of things going coming up uh, for July and August um, into November, and I'm really excited about where we are with everything. We have a uh, Special guest today. She'll be joining us uh, shortly, um, and she'll be just give us a little contact. A uh, 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 oldie but goodie, Miss <laughs> Tavon. She'll be joining us shortly, um, and we'll talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and just finding your lane and sticking sticking to it. Um, someone sent me an image today. It said. Um, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're failing. Um, and, and, and all entrepreneurs have gone through this. I don't care how much cushion you have, you've all gone through this space of, of just being, of feeling stressed because things aren't necessarily happening on the speed and the urgency. should not stop you from um, so the the motivation should the the frustration should motivate you it should not hamper you even when things are happening i'm a person and if you know me you know i do not like change i'm a creature of habit I love routine um, because it helps me. You get, I get to control my sleep because I know how much I'm gonna get. I get the, my proactivity, I, I, my productivity. I get to, uh, I know how much I can do within a certain span of time. And when things switch up, I ain't good with it. Um, interesting enough, someone asked me a question. A friend of mine called me today and we were talking about, um, 
why do other cultures, other races hate black people so much? And I really didn't have a good answer to that other than to say, um, it's, I don't think it's hatred. I think it's fear um, mixed with uh, frustration, frustration, fear, because we are a magical people. Shout out to the magical Negro, Miss Tracy Jiggins, who I just left. Um, but fear, because we are a magical people and we are amazingly talented. And it's not that other cultures aren't amazingly talented because we see that in many different people, uh, other cultures every day. But there's something about being of African descent that just makes you, especially black African descent, let's be specific, um, that just sets you apart. And typically we don't necessarily have to try hard, especially for us artists. It normally things that come pretty natural to us and it's all in us. We are innately talented, innately talented. And it, I think that scares people. Um, we have levels of intelligence that you sometimes can't explain. Even when um, some of us are uh, not the best at certain things, we are very intelligent people. And so I, I believe, like I said to him, I think it's a mixture of um, fear and frustration. Frustration meaning they can't, they can no longer control us the way they have been, or they started controlling us. And we're not getting any wiser. I think we're always been very intelligent, but I think our level of self-respect is turning it's hard. We saw it throughout slavery where people were determined to be free and they knew what was happening to them was not right. Um, we also got to see, um, we also got to see like during the civil rights era where people began to stand up and we kind of split, I think, at the civil rights movement where people had different intentions in terms of what how they how they wanted to be free we all wanted the same freedom but we chose different routes um and then we're seeing it now in the resurgence of uh say the 70s uh the 80s the 90s and now into the 2000s we are in a different space of fighting back um so i don't have a specific answer i just think those two factors fear and frustration play a big key into why we still have racism while we still appear to be hated around the world. And this person lives in Switzerland um, and, is, and is feeling that type of uh, hatred even there, a place that is um, typically seen as somewhere that's neutral in the world. And I, I just think when they see brown faces of any hue, um, it, it becomes, challenge for them, um, almost as if they're bothered by us or they, they don't, hatred and, and anger can seem very similar um, if you don't know the intention or the backstory. But I, I feel like it's more anger and madness that they feel against us, not necessarily hatred. 
um, because I've gone to school with many people who I don't think they hated me, but they began to imitate the behavior of their parents and family members as young people. And then that became a part of how they, so if, if you see one person being treated a certain way, even if you aren't that type of person to do that or treat someone that way, a part of you will either see that person differently for taking it, or at some point you're gonna start treating them that way too, because that's just how everybody's doing it. Um, so I am really in a space where I want to, um, I, I want questions answered, you know, but at the same time, I don't really care. But the person in me that wants to promote change in the world definitely wants to see um, wants to see people treated better. And I think that starts within our culture. Nobody can do anything that somebody inside the house isn't doing. So if you take that abuse from somebody outside of the house, you're, you're going to take your you want to eventually start taking it from people else because you're used to that type of behavior. Um, I wanted to touch on that a little bit and just, you know, ask that question to you all. Why do you think other cultures hate us so much? And I don't want the, the typical answers like they're jealous or they hate, they hate you. Know, I, I want you to really think about it. You're in a, based on your experience. You know, what level of racism have had you had to deal with? Was it blatantly in your face racism? Was it physical assault racism? Was it systematic racism? Was it institutionalized racism? How were you faced initially or throughout your life with racism? So I'll I'll keep that. Um Tavon, if you're listening, if you're on, you can just pop in um whenever you are ready. Um uh, what's that, Wednesday? Wednesday, <laughs> Monty decided to come back and do his radio show. Um, and it was, it it really, you know, I was watching it initially, but we, we did get on a couple topics that um, I think uh, should be, should we should expound on. So can I ask you a question, Monty? Are you there? I'm here, yeah. That was scary. Uh, uh, I had to find a button. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna switch the view because this is um, like every day we go. That's normal right now. I had my one big screen up, and that was bust. It was bothering. I couldn't see anything else. Um, so your topics on Wednesday show. Mm -hmm. Um, where did they come from? Like, what I know they were stories, but uh, well, you're talking about my main topic. Which yes. was the the, um, the Fourth of July hyphen yes. freedom talk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that just came from if I was sitting at home because I didn't do anything for the Fourth of July, but it came from the sense of me watching TV all day and realizing that we, especially Black people, we are supporting something that we weren't really the beneficiaries of juneteenth is our our independence right but the fourth was not 
And so I wanted to, and the, the question was, what makes you, what is your freedom? What do you call freedom? How do right. you see freedom? And why are you celebrating this day in particular when the freedoms of today are being taken away? Now, what I said to you was that was a holiday. I, I was, especially my elementary school, um, not everybody in my family, but definitely my the principals and teachers at my elementary school were very much so very pro-Black. So I knew this holiday, like we celebrated when Nelson Mandela was free from, um, that was Freedom Day. We, we celebrated that day, Juneteenth was a day that we celebrated. I think a lot of people honestly did not know. It's not something that's taught in schools that aren't pro-Black um, or don't have Black leadership in it. It's not something that is widely uh, promoted, even though there are sects of people sections of our culture that you have always celebrated it, but it was something that you just thought those people over there was just celebrating blackness uh, and you didn't know the importance of it. But specifically with this being, being brought in by um, uh, our president Biden, um, it just sounds weird calling him the president. I don't know why, but it just, it just does. Um, uh, with that now being a part of our culture now, like that's brought into, it's officially a holiday. It, I know sometimes new things take a while to stick to people, but there was, there was fanfare, but I think there was more publicity over Juneteenth this year and last year than it's ever been before. It's, it normally gets noticed or recognized, but only by black spaces and black platforms. But beyond that, it was nationally recognized this year. And um, oh, was it this year or last that? year that it became the national hello. holiday? I'm gonna say hello. She brought tidings hey. of joy. Hi. Tasha. Well, you know, just that other girl, another one. This is Tasha. She's owner of Love for Moms, and she's a great uh, party promoter. So if you need your party managed and planned, you got a club you don't know what to do with. Call this lady love for moms, Natasha Peaks, her and her husband, the tag team duo in the city. She brought Biddles, and I'm about to, oh, this show gonna be short. I'm just telling you. <laughs> well, she coming on soon when she get a free moment. <laughs> but um, yes, so I, I just feel like it's a holiday. Well, she brought me stuffed egg rolls. Cheesecake egg rolls. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um, yeah. So um, I, I just think I, I was I, I was disappointed at how people were quick to jump on Fourth of July and really didn't put that emphasis on Juneteenth. That was just a few weeks before. Yeah, my my concern about it was like, do y'all understand what it was representing? Like when it when you come to your right. own freedoms, do you understand what the July Fourth actually represented and then you know then it went into the fireworks and 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 the presumption that fireworks is the bombs bursting in air yeah. metaphor for bombs blowing up people's homes and stuff like and we do that and then we celebrate fireworks as if that's okay but so like why do you want to be remember remember that this is what was happening it was a whole bunch of bombs blowing up in the mm -hmm. sky and blowing up your right. homes and blowing up your surroundings and then this is what we want to represent every year. 
as it's, a holiday. It's hard. It's, it's <laughs> difficult to um, explain that because I, I don't partake in that. It's difficult. But I know for us, like, I never looked at it that way. And, it, and actually, the conversation that I had earlier, this was something that I brought up to him. And I did not, um, I don't look at it that way because fireworks for me was always a note of celebration. That's what I kind of thought, you know, that's what I grew up thinking it was too. But then you had to realize what it actually represented. Right, right. And that's, that's, that's understanding. Most people don't even know the second half of the Star Spangled Banner. They don't recognize that that, that Independence Day was not, is not our holiday. We were just becoming slaves at that point. That was the, that was the war between the new Americans and the European uh, individuals and the Americans fighting for their freedom and separation from the queen at that time or the right the, white americans we specifically right. it was white well, americans trying to become american and not british not because i just, I just remain the queen, a really british old. colony I just the queen from the british colonies mm-hmm. you know well the british in general they were separating them right they didn't want to be a british colony they wanted to be their right. own entity and the hypocrisy in that the hypocrisy in that is then you then went and enslaved a group of people Exactly. To build your country. To build, to build your, country. your country. So what you were fighting for, and none of them were really slaves. They were poor people, the indentured servants, mm-hmm. or people that came over here with that weren't wealthy, that became wealthy, and their legacy of wealth started with that separation from the British colony, or well, the British. Right, because uh, they were given land versus right. given monetary value. Exactly. But they were, and, and that's the part that I it's hard for me, and I and I posted, I posted, um, I posted something on my show, and I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm not gonna speak about the incident just yet, um, but I'm gonna do a follow up, and I'm actually gonna uh, for the first time ever uh, write something for Big Exposed Media on our website. If you go to that, I'll be busy. I'll be busy. I'll really be working on. You see all this? That's this is just a fraction. What I do, I'll be really out here trying to work. But the incident that happened over the weekend is a situation I don't ever want to put myself in anymore. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, real quick, just to highlight um, where my thought process came from. Yeah, go ahead. Because of the, it was because of the parade in um, Highland, um, Illinois, and the shooting. Yes. Now imagine if it was fireworks going off at the same time that shooting, it could have been more of a mass casualty than it was. Mm-hmm. With the seven people that died, if there's fireworks was going off and that man was oh, up to seven people it, now, yeah, I think it was seven. The last number I looked, okay. and, and and just so just imagine if the bombs was bursting in air while this man was shooting, the casualty nut count could have been even higher because you wouldn't have known the difference between the gunshots and the fireworks and the fireworks. Well, that's always been a safety issue, especially when you live in you know high crime areas because you normally hear the you hear the gunshots randomly throughout the year. So in those moments where they do like, and, and you know, you've realized in the last like five years or so, people shoot off fireworks all, fireworks all throughout the year for random reasons, you know? So, and, and that, that goes back to the celebration portion of it. Because when you go to Vegas or you go to 
other countries, it's normally a viral show. Mm-hmm. But I get what you're saying. Like at some point, we have to drop old habits and understand how it's detrimental to us because a lot of those people probably would not have been because I know more than seven people were injured out of those seven who would died. I know more were injured, but many of them probably thought they were fathers. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, because I found myself jumping unusually more this year than any time in my life. I don't think I've ever jumped over a firework before. Right. But this year, it wasn't just the firework display down at the harbor. It's everywhere. Everywhere. It's Everybody everywhere. thought they was a firework, a pirate. Um, what's the a pirate? But they technique. always. But you never recognize they were always like that. No, but it's actually more. Like it always happened. Yes, but ne- you never had this many people that had access to actual. Fireworks. Fireworks. I don't maybe, maybe, you know, Harbor West. Because I was thinking somebody's house was getting ready to burn down the way they was going off the because they weren't high enough. They weren't going shooting up high enough to to clear houses. But see, also you have to recognize, and I, I have to look into it before I make this an official statement, but a lot of rules were changed during Trump. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of those rules on fireworks. You know, because often, you know, you wasn't allowed to sell them within the state, so people would drive to Pennsylvania. And they weren't actual, the actual fireworks like they use in downtown. Because I've seen fireworks that actually look like the ones that would be over top of the water. The big, yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And you can see they weren't clearing houses. Those sparks was falling on people's roofs. But but you have to, uh, and I I understand uh, your, your uh, pause. We live in, we live in matchboxes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not trying to so have my one, If one set on fire, all of them. All of them go. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, I'm, I'm not one of them people, because I'm one of the people who, I celebrate Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I know that that holiday, again, that's not a holiday for us. One, we weren't even here. Two, uh, the massacre that was the the families and children and tribes of Native Americans that lost their lives purposely because these new Europeans coming over here, one, giving them illnesses that they never had before, two, with smallpox and stuff like that, um, and two, uh, just ravishing their towns and their lands and making them theirs. And we just, that, that behavior still is happening here now with the oil pipelines and removing people from their their tribal homes just to create a pipeline uh, for oil, of all things. Um, but oh, building now, a road. Now, not just oil, now it's oil and cheaper gas. Cheaper this gas. is what you are willing to do mm-hmm. to create your path towards oil and having cheaper gas. Well, it's not cheaper gas anymore. It's definitely because I mean, that's what I'm hearing now. Like a lot of people that was against the Keystone Pipeline right. are now talking about you know switching sides because the gas prices went up. Well, this is what happens when yeah. your war is when your world is a mess. But that that bringing it back to the black culture, we have to stop jumping on things when it when it benefits us, and then when it doesn't, we back off from. It. We're not fighting. We're not. We're, how many people still sending water? Up to um, what was the what was the um, Michigan? How many how many still sending water up to Flint? You know because they haven't repaired those people's homes and those pipes at all. They're still the same. 
there may have been some legislation, but you know, I, I just read about a man who created a system to generate water from the air. Like it literally just turns the air into water. And his he put one of his systems up there and they, it was vandalized. So people are still, and people were still coming to get that water because their water is still not what it should be um, or at a safe space. But I, I wonder why as black people, we settle so much and we, you know, we don't really fight consistently. Um, I asked a friend, I said, do you think, and I'll ask you, do you think today a bus boycott, do you think it would be as effective as it was when they had the Montgomery bus boycott? But I said bus boycott, bus, bus boycott, yes. For, for citizens to boycott the bus service? Yeah, do you think do you think people would be as consistent? Do you think it would last? I don't believe it would be um, worth it right now, not today, because we're in the middle of a governor's race. Because who's going to be listening? No one's listening. I mean, no, I mean, it would be, saying, it would be general, worthy of talking up about it now because right. you have the choice of governor. But, but you know that last boycott lasted almost over a year. So it was election season. I'm sure it was election season that was happening. But do you think yeah. as people of color, will we, will we be able to protest that long and hard to actually get a change made? Because that got buses segregated where you can sit yeah, because see, My only thing is, is because I don't, I don't see anybody running on that platform. And I think this would be a, a great time to run on that platform with somebody, one of these governors, which is what I've been like fighting against. And Amanda, I didn't mention it the other day because I've been getting postcards in the mail every single day about each and last one of these candidates, but no, no. visibility. I haven't no seen not one of them in step foot on my block at all. And that's kind of like, hmm. Here it's I am now having to vote on my conch, you know, vote on who I like the best versus who I've seen and heard from. And well, know you're, what getting you're, about. A, you're getting the excuse that we're still in a mild COVID. Uh, no, it's the summertime and you don't have to come inside my home. It's outside. Open, walk in the still door and then stand back. They're going to they're gonna still use that contact. Um, lack of, of restricted contact as an excuse to no, move. It's outside. You don't got to come in. We all have right. front doors. Stand outside, stand on the sidewalk, talk and tell us what you're doing right. and then move Come on. To some and event. if anything, we need to get back to the culture of having town hall meetings. Whether it has to be outside in a big open space, you have that opportunity. There's parks everywhere. Well, you know, they still have them, but they're more selective. They're not promoted like they used to be. And they're for select people, like mm -hmm. the, the people that govern the, um, the people that govern the, the you know, neighborhood associations mm -hmm. and stuff. It's not really for the general public. Is that take one on? But that's what I said. Um, if they even try to bring back the red line, because I think it's now, it's needed more now than ever. Yeah. And well, that should be one of the things they, they're running on. If you're talking about getting a new governor, the last governor was the one who shot that down. Why are we not talking about it again? We got the money. Oh, who's running up against him? Oh, it's a whole slew of governors. Um, okay. I wish I had the paper in front of me, but like, you know, Wes Moore, who actually is one that was visible because he came on this station in April. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has, he actually has a, um, his location is here. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, near, near. I'm gonna say near. I'm gonna. I can't. I'm not gonna make that much. You know, um, the one that was just the controller. Controller. Yeah. He ran for the, governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would. But that's I would, it. That's all I know is those ones that have actually been visible because we actually know who they are because they were already in government or doing something right. with. Well, they run before. Right. Uh, but I, I was looking at a, 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 like our council people and, um. Uh, Mel and Mosby seat. Mm-hmm. I was trying to research them uh, more so I could make up more. Uh, I think with um, the state's attorney, it's going to come down to Mosby and Ivan Bates. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are supporting Ivan, though. Mm-hmm. Including yeah. Sheila Dixon. He just I don't, I don't know what that means. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that he couldn't do a good job. But jumping ship like this, and y'all know that they are fighting this woman. And knowing that she's not responsible for the crime. That's the thing. It's it's that for me. She's on the the ladder end of the justice system. (laughs) She prosecutes. They have to commit the crime first before she can do anything. Well, well, commit the crimes, but also, you know, you got to go through the mayor. The police department, the the police union, you gotta go through all those people before you even get to her. That's what I'm saying. And but people you, are but looking the at crime, her the crime to fight the crime is the police's they're, job. Right. They're putting you can't her above, fight crime before it happens. But they're putting her above the the governor, the mayor, the city council right. president. They're putting her who's her husband. What did you say uh, yesterday? You said something yesterday that was real poignant. You said it was they call her the what? The um a lot of people are referring to her in, in, in terms of them um as the top cop or something like that. Top, you said as a top police officer. Yeah, and that's not what the she head, is. They call it a head police officer. Nope, she's an attorney. It's right, in her title. It's but so many people, and, and what is weird, her husband is the president of the city council. You don't hear anybody complaining against him. Nobody. And it's it's just commented. who? Chastity, she said, with the bus prices keep increasing and links for the service in the urban community dwindling, it should be a boycott. But as um, soon as they spoon feed some of these Negroes, they will be right back on there. It would last maybe a couple of days. Well, because people still got to get where they're going. They got to get Conditioned where they're going. folk have to get to work, I'm just saying. And, and Y'all what, better and, speak heavy. Marilyn Mosley ain't do nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but do right by us. But the weird part is, well, Chastity, if you got time to talk, baby, you can come on the show. I'm just saying. I mean, you want to want each I'm just saying. <laughs> one of the things that I'm I am seeing is there's a there's a shared responsibility. Now there are a lot of these agencies that are are staying private and and, and not really exposing when they're having their town hall meetings because there are meetings. And you got to read, normally it's posted on a bus or somewhere on, on one of the stops or something, like one of the hub stops where there's a, a town hall meeting to discuss pricing or when they were redoing the schedules or, you know, when they were taking away bus stops and adding ones and combining combining lines, there was a meeting for that. We don't typically show up for the things that we do in life. And that's a problem. That's a problem. We we have to we have to stop complaining about stuff and show up. When I learned 
that they meet every Monday, especially when we were closer to the station, that became my priority. Even if I didn't stay the whole time, you know, because we were doing shows, I would still make myself available to go or, or at least know who else is going so I could hear back and report back when we were on the shows. But mm -hmm. people don't even know that that's their right as a citizen. And you can go in there, even if they try to say- well, Are you talking about the city council meetings? Right, the city council meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's when a lot of these things get voted on. You know, right. we run, I, as a theater person, I kept wondering why these white theater companies who wasn't even from here could come here and get all this money and grants. I, when I started going to them, I realized they were the only ones showing up, putting their referendums and stuff like that on the table to be voted on or to even mm -hmm. be discussed. You know, we were not showing up and you can't think that your citizens, that your leadership is planning for you because they aren't planning for you. Not when you're not visible because they don't know you exist. Did something happen? Wow. Oh, you got closer. No, it just switched off like that. Oh, there you go. Uh, but that, that's I think we lost Tavon. Oh, we, girl, she, she did not. But we, but we went on. I mean, but we really have to start separating ourselves. We really have to separate ourselves. We really had to, you know, regroup. I think we need a regroup. We need to instead of trying to start all these different uh, interest groups, start. We need to rebuild. We have um, the Black uh, Congressional Caucus that does a lot of funding and business oriented stuff. We still have the NAACP. We still have the, the Urban League. We still have these places that are just namesake organizations now because either their only interest in special interest in certain individuals or certain types of individuals, or they just by namesake. I know the Urban League, I'm not saying these things don't do anything, but when you when you say, you know, I, I somebody's emailed me because I've had a membership with the NAACP and I haven't redid it for years. And I, I know when they were pushing and driving them throughout the pandemic, I kept getting emails and mail uh, asking me to resubmit my membership. And I refused to do it. People don't even realize the Baltimore headquarters is right on 26th between Maryland and Charles Street. That's the headquarters for the NAACP. It's been here. We don't hear from you. And, and we have to begin to take back our own organizations and stop trying to fight for things that don't. Right, and the national over. headquarters is on Hope Street. She went two one five. But who knew that? You should know that they've always been here since the inception. So it's like, mm -hmm. um, people don't know that though, that's weird. But the NAACP opened their main office here when they first initiated the NAACP. It's weird, but our friend Joshua, he's he works for them now. He works, he works for them now. And 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 it's out, it seems like just like the Black Lives Matter organizations like that, they become institutes of resume building for, for individuals who are trying to climb corporate ladders and be connected, socializing and networking. They they haven't had the impact. You know, before the NAACP was at the forefront of changing things. And I'm not blaming simply the organization, but definitely the leadership, you know, definitely the membership for not, you know, shaking it up. And definitely the people who are complaining the most that look like us. 
I, I don't know what what we're going to do or what we have to do to keep this going, but I just feel, what can we do at this point? I, I really don't know. What, what, you know, even with the Juneteenth, you know, um, I equate that, I think that's going to start being treated like Kwanzaa is treated. People, it's going to be a laughable thing. It's going to be something you do when you're in elementary school. And that's it. It's because it's not happening. You know, um, there is a misnomer that, well, I, I kind of see what you're saying, though, too, with that, though, with the it, because there is no real. It's over the weekend. It's not like schools are open. It's not like schools are open and it's. Everybody it's up to us to make sure it stays prominent. It's up to us right. to make sure it stays prominent. We I, I haven't seen a parade. Um, well, they're normally, they're normally in like Texas and the South. Mm. This, this, we still consider like this, the, you know, the But then let's make it our plan, right, for next year that we, we come up with something to make a parade. We can get the permit. I'm for it. We can do it. We for, I'm for it. And that, that, but this. Well, y'all heard it here. On the Artist Exchange, there mm -hmm. will be a Juneteenth Parade 2023. I'm writing it down. Let me get where where my new edition hot kickers at. Come on, come on out mm -hmm. with the drums. But I, I but I saw a bigger emphasis from more people this year. Not the majority again, but there were Juneteenth events all throughout that weekend. Go look at Tracy Jiggins' face. I think that girl was at every Juneteenth event we had that weekend. If she didn't dance or perform, she just visited. And I tried to go to admit, but it was a lot of it. But it's still. You know, like Afran, it's un it's it's unfortunate that people more people don't support it. I remember it used to be packed. Afram used to be one outside of Artscape, it used to be one of the biggest things that happened in Baltimore. Afram used to be packed. And then it started getting shuffled between this part of the government and who's and then it became private and it just started shifting, and then we was. It ended up in a back parking lot of of Raven Stadium. That's just where it ended up at. I really loved it when it was right there. I really, really did. I mean, it was wow. very convenient for me because I could walk. But <laughs> it was so selfish. I really did like it when it was right there. It was in the middle of the city. It was directly in the middle of everything. Every light rail, every bus, every every you know every um, mode of transportation could get there. You didn't right. have to drive there because you should be able to take the light rail or subway or the train or the yeah. um, or the bus. It but was perfect right there. Drew Hill Park. You have to walk from that subway it, up that hill. But the drawback of it, it was hidden though. It was hidden. I don't think it I, was that year. That year was. What I meant in terms of like promotion and marketing. Oh. Okay. So if you didn't, if you didn't know where it was, you didn't know. Oh well, yeah, because that was the year. That was the first year they tried to change the location. Hey, I get what you're saying. But and then it was two one days, year they tried to charge one, one downtown, and then one in the park. That was kind of messed up too. Remember that year they tried to charge people mm -hmm. and didn't promote that they were charging people. Oh yes, I, I saw so many again. people turn back. It was crazy. I saw so many people turn back around. <laughs> I was working at the harbor, and you would see all. All these people walking in one direction, then you see all these people coming back. I mean, it was packed down there because that, that was the year Fantasia was there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, it, we just have to figure things out in a different way. And I think 
complaining is not it. Ignoring the things that are valid, like they were mad that we got a Juneteenth, but we didn't get a civil rights bill. Not realizing what Juneteenth is. Mm-hmm. Like to even get a holiday made from Juneteenth, it, it took a lot of admitting wrongs. Even if it wasn't from everybody in government, it took a lot of people saying, yeah, yeah, you know, we celebrate the Holocaust and all these other things. This could be something. And, and even them, that's not a national holiday. Well, that wasn't our war either, but um, yeah, but we, we I'm, I've been on the fence and I, I really have stopped celebrating holidays. One, for me, because I think for Black people, every holiday is dealing with food. So we find a way to bring food into every holiday. And for me, trying to change my diet up a little bit outside of these cheesesteak uh, egg rolls that I get a cheat day. Um, <laughs> but outside of, you know, me trying to change my diet, I just, I don't have the need to celebrate holidays anymore because it, it was all about eating for me. That's, that was, you know, July 4th, that was, you know, get a uh, real hot dog or some ribs, you know, but it just feels differently with all the things that we've gone through. And that for me, that really, it was, it was. Um, Did you see that message? Uh, try to bring, Tavon, are you here? If you're here, just start talking when you jump on. Um, yeah, but I, I I think it's a lot. And I think we're getting there. I'm not even complaining. I think we are getting there to see the nut. Tay, are you here? Hey, Tay. Oh, you're having a struggle. It's okay, Tay Tay. You don't have to be shy. Um, I, so I'll talk a little bit about our guest until she's able to jump on. So I met Tavon in a theater group that I was in a number of years ago. I'm not going to tell you how long, because it's none of your business. But it was quite some time ago. I think it was about 15 years ago. And um, it was a group out of Towson uh, called Kaumba uh, that I'm an honorary member of. Uh, it's kind of on, I don't know if it's like an extended hiatus or permanent one but it's on hiatus um and we were all actors i was coming from coffin and most of them were from towson uh university and uh myself and Tavon got really connected outside of our artistry and it was at a time where i was kind of new in college i was in my early 20s and um, i started college late um in my my early early 20s and um, I was trying to find myself business-wise. Um, it was around the time, it was before my jewelry company. It was uh, it was the beginnings of what the Artist Exchange was. Remember I said it had a name, uh, Baltimore Black Culture Society. That's what it was supposed to be. Um, and a friend of mine thought I should, as international as I wanted to be, he thought I should broaden it. And, and really include all the arts and all the artists. And um, it was the beginnings of the Artist Exchange. And Tavon started a group called Cultural Journey. And I remember we would be, was at the UB Blake Center. We were at 
um, I can't even remember the club that is now, um, I think that the Havenwood um, Shopping Center by Morgan, that's totally different now. I don't know if you've been over there, Marty. It's not the Havenwood Shopping Plaza that it used to be. It looks France making new. It's from Moravia? Yeah, that, that shopping center right next to Morgan. I've seen the construction. I, I, I haven't been over there in, I don't know how long. I rode past it, though, in, in recent weeks and seen some of the construction that was going on now. They have a new market. I think it's called Liddy. That's supposed to be a new bougie market <laughs> over there. So it looks really, they got some shops coming. But so we, we would do these cultural journey meetings. And the cultural journey meetings were really a bunch of entrepreneurs coming together, some new ones like myself some older, more established ones, some ones that kind of intermediate in between. And it was really interesting to meet all these people. You know, I really uh, had some really good connections with some really good people. Um, and my my bond with Tavon really blossomed from that point in that we had a commonality and we, would, we wanted this entrepreneurial life because as an artist, you're really thrust out there. You know, and I don't put everything on a school, but you're not prepared to be a business artist. You're prepared to audition. And that's that's the tip of the business side. That's how you get into it. Um, but you're not really taught about the economics of it, the contracts, none of those things are said. And I just know I wanted a business. And I was working for someone who had who had a, a career as an architect, but he also had this art gallery business. And I saw the pool in him and I did not want to be, Mr. Fuller probably was like in his 50s or early 60s. And he was an African guy and it really showed me what I did not want. And he was very successful, but I didn't want to be working a career that somebody else, that somebody else's career and not working for me and not working my own skill sets and my own, uh, skills and talents and gifts. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed that time with Cultural Journey. I think we did that for maybe like a year or two, maybe like two years or so, we did Cultural Journey. We would meet once a month and it'll be at a Black establishment. Uh, mainly, I think we ended up at the UB Blake Center and it was really positive. And it's really was the beginnings of me becoming an entrepreneur. A couple of years later, I started Rash Top Blue Jewelry officially. But at the beginnings of the artist exchange, the thought of it, what I wanted to do, the, this the real conception of the artist exchange was born then. And I finally have caught up with Tavon to be able to bring her on. And we having some technical issues on, on her side. So she's going to come on. Um, in a few minutes, but, and we're going to talk a little bit about cultural journey and just where she's been up until this point and what's coming up. Uh, so in terms of entrepreneurs, you know, I'm all about supporting individuals and making making a way for them. Um, one of the things that I see that is happening is we have to really build trust. I want to say rebuild because many of us have been trying this and may have gotten hurt uh, along the way financially, you know, business-wise, partnerships, working with groups, working with different organizations, and we have a lot of trust lost. But for many of us, we have not even had that trust. I, I've run across people who have never had that level of trust. 
in community before or even a small group. One of the things that I am doing now, and like I said, there's an incident that happened this weekend, but I will be speaking on it, but I wanna put, I'm gonna make an official statement. So everything will come out at once. And I don't wanna be a person that is speaking on something and not really um, expressing myself properly. And I wanna make sure legally I can say the things that I'm saying and not feel out. But one of the things, and I'll start with a post. It's saying like Tavon's going through, um, uh, some technical issues, but we're going to try to bear with her and as she gets through it. But I posted something, posted something this week, and it really summed up my experience, but it also, um, it also spoke to where I was at. It said, this weekend, I've learned a valuable lesson. This past weekend, I learned a valuable lesson about ownership self-respect, and unfortunately, doorkeeping. Ownership is the key to Black freedom, meaning we have to begin to own the platforms that we use, like Black, be exposed as Black-owned, and, and not to say that it limit, it's limited to only Black hosts, but it's Black-owned. So other stations that wanted me to come to them before I got here, it, it, it did not feel welcoming. It did not feel like ours, even though they have black faces uh, at the Y'all heard them. Y'all heard them. This is the culture I create. Come on. Some people, you give them an answer. <laughs> uh, but ownership is the key to black freedom. Self-respect is the key uh, is the key to protecting ourselves from poor decision making. So if you have value in yourself, not to say you won't make mistakes or you won't make bad decisions, but if you have self-respect, a solid foundation of self-respect, it'll keep you from making decisions out of desperation and out of financial desperation, out of urgency desperation, out of lack of preparation desperation. Um, we have to begin to build, especially with our children, building that platform for them so that they can make more solid decisions and they're not making financial decisions in a, in a moment where they're making poor decisions about finances, health, life, you know, situations, relationships out of desperation. Uh, and doorkeeping is the practice of doing the dirty work for people who seek to keep who you are, meaning the doorkeeper and those that you represent, the people like you doorkeeper, uh, out of their spaces. So they'll always put someone that looks like you in a space of leadership or management uh, or just doorkeeping, literally sometimes, to keep people that represents that person out because then that person can identify who they are or they see the person with that person and oh, keep that, I, I, we don't want that, that kind of thing. And I've heard it said before because they, I was a safe black person to some people. So they would say things to me, not realizing you're speaking about me while doing that. So I learned that about doorkeeping. We can't continue to lease, rent, and associate with other cultures via their payroll. 
Now, this may sound, I'm not telling you go quit your job. I'm not on that Beyonce. But I'm, what I'm saying to you is be mindful of the places you work, you support, you dedicate your funds, your time, your energy to. Uh, we have to own our own assets. It will feel much harder to not get their funding or validation. Uh, but we have to 100% tap into our cooperative economics. We can't remain a slave to their sponsorship, funding, or validation. We must also stop accepting doorkeeping positions that keep our people separate and put out. Lastly, I appreciate all the love and all the support I've been given in these past three years. It has meant so much to me to feel embraced, protected, embraced and protected. Thank you uh, to the strong shoulders that I have been able to stand on. And often, I don't cry in real life, but you know, vent too. Uh, but I've posted that message uh, uh, because what I'm seeing is this city is changing. If you go to try to rent a space, uh, apartment, a uh, hall, the prices for things have tripled and doubled. And that's, that's by design to keep a certain type of person out. You know, and many of these people are developers and individuals who don't even live in the spaces that they're trying to run out. So they don't even live within the walls of Baltimore City sometimes, but they're creating uh, economic gaps and distance between people who were born here, who built the areas in which they're now trying to keep them out of, and they're outpricing them. And a lot of them are blaming what happened during the pandemic, um, where there's, so Marty, explain this, because when I bought a house, it was years ago. It was right before um, all that stuff happened with the bailout. And well, it's overlapping that time. But explain to me, because I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of landlords and homeowners um, that the price of housing is increasing. The price of rent. And this whole idea increasing. of, go ahead. The price of rent is increasing. The price of the mortgages right. are not. So, and that's the, that's the lie that many people are telling tenants, that the price of a mortgage or the interest rates are rising to a point where it's costing. Well, that, I mean, though, that part is true. Interest rates are rising, mm -hmm. but that does not negate the fact that the, the mortgage rates, well, I'm sorry, the rent rates, are, the rental market is out. So it's outweighing the rent, the mortgage market. So it's better to buy a house than it is to rent an apartment. Right, because it's going to cost but That's always less. been the case, but it's worse now. That, that right, gap that is gap like is, severely... Is gap. I saw an apartment mm -hmm. half the size of mine. Now, I don't have any many amenities at my apartment. Uh, half the amenities, not, not really any better, probably worse, for three times the price. And that was still not on the most expensive end. You know, uh, without saying the area I live in, but the surrounding downtown neighborhoods mm -hmm. have seen a spike three, four times the amount for spaces. Mm -hmm. There are people who are renting out rooms for what an apartment used to cost. Yep. 
and I'm get your money, but I think it's a weird space to be in to get your money off the back of people who you are already dead. First of all, the average working person would have to work two, maybe three jobs to mm-hmm. four to live on their own. Yeah. Which is weird. And then the amount of money people are getting paid, they, they say everything is going up to $15, $25 an hour. How many hours is that person being allowed to work? And then they're being taxed as if they're millionaires. When I learned that I was paying more taxes than Trump, I wanted to I wanted to shoot somebody. I'm not didn't say the president because that's a federal crime, but I wanted to shoot somebody because it was crazy that middle class people making twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars a year are being taxed more than people who are making three or four times what that person is making. So I, I so explain to me why a landlord would be charging that much money for a rental property. It, it's no particular reason why they would be. They're just going with the market. That's what, what they, you know, they rate, they use the rates from the, the rental market rate. Right. But they are, these are not. It's no particular reason. It's not because of increased expenses. It's not because of increased employment. It's not because of increased goods and services to their consumers. Mm-hmm. It's because they just go off of a blanket rate for our area. So they say they can charge that because that's the rate for this area. And that's, but that's not even the excuse that they're, they're so they're lying to the public about why they're. Yeah, it's price gouging, but it's legal price gouging because it's, um, it's basically saying that we all agree that this is the rate. So this is why it's legal. Right. If we're all doing it, we can't be all wrong. I've, I've been in the process of looking for a new place and just the frustration of knowing that all of my income would have to go to simply me living. That's, well, that's interesting because in the next couple of weeks, we are going to have somebody that's coming on the station to talk specifically about the rental market and the mortgage market. And she's a real estate agent in the um, in, in the state of Maryland. So look What's forward to name? that. What's her name? Her name is Chanel Nurse. Interesting. Okay. I'll, I'll be tuning in <laughs> in the comments like I'm always in the comments. But it's just it's just amazing to me. And, and, and I'm not saying we, as Black people, are letting this happen, but Baltimore's a Black city. You got a lot of white people in it, but Baltimore's a Black city. So, but in a lot of those developers, city contractors, they look like us. And they're making backdoor deals that are putting many of us out. And if we can't all go to the county because they don't want us out in the county. So where are people, where are people gonna go? You can go out Randallstown. Nobody want to live on no damn Randallstown. Why not? It's the best. Why are you not out there? Uh huh. This is what my business is. My business is in well, Bmore. My business is too. <laughs> I was out there for the better portion of my life. Your business is virtual, so you can be anywhere. Thank you, and I can't wait to be in the Dominican. Hmm. On married in 30 days. <laughs> 90 day fiance. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about something more lighthearted. Um, 
was getting, I was getting ready to tell you, um, yeah, it's not lighthearted, you know, the squeegee what? guy. Oh, yeah, let's just get that out of the way. So, because I don't know, I, you know, it's difficult with this story because you don't know whose side to be on, but you know, I already who was know right who side was wrong. I you already know, know, I already know what's if, and if this was part of the conversation, I, I, I think I mentally I was trying to block that out, but we can talk about it. But I mean, like, you know the right and the wrong of the situation. You just don't know how to be on whose side. Like the squeegee people shouldn't be out there, but wow, they're, trying why to make not? A, they're trying to make some money. I mean, because that's not a real. We don't say, we don't say nothing about these. We don't say nothing about these white panhandlers with their signs. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not saying any of that is right or wrong. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the situation. I, I actually, actually patronize them when they're out there when my right. car needs to be clean. But right now, I haven't been. Yeah, but, but at the same time, and even when I tell them that I don't need it, I usually give out a couple dollars. Right. Because right. I, I want to support, I don't want to see you out here if you don't need to be. So I'm going to give but you some what of I have. It's awesome. Some of, all of them are not children. Some of them are grown men. And I'm, I'm finishing, let me finish the statement, but mm. a lot of them are in situations where they've either been kicked out of school, mm -hmm. they got a record, Mm -hmm. And and how they appear, and this is what pisses me off with the the black people who have a little bit of money in their pocket. The way people appear, just presenting themselves, mm -hmm. is a problem for people who are employing people. People want people look at your social media now. As a person who worked in HR, yes, your social media gets looked at. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't spring it up, they look at it. They want to see your habits. They look through your friends. They look through things that you've talked about. And if you if you look like a controversial person that's gonna come bring this race, bait in, whatever, then you're not gonna get hired. Mm -hmm. The way some of these young men, even if they got a haircut and 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 uh put on a, a nice suit or a blazer and some slacks. The way they, the fact that they're black will limit who would want them in their space. Black people are seen to be lazy. They don't want to work. They don't, this is how people see us. I've been the safe person in a room with a white person that, can I just tell you what I really believe? If I had a dollar for every one of those conversations that I had, or they'll say something slick about one of those young people. Some of those young people out there are very intelligent. I've had conversations with them. They're very intelligent. Now, there's a lot of mental disorder coming around. So maybe you ran into that one who was functional, but something set them off, like you getting smart with them or being disrespectful or getting out your fucking car with a bat in your hand. Mm. What did you think was going to happen, sir? We, we're not going to hear that. We, we heard... Uh, Honestly, WJC, as many people have been saying over social media, they got to up on everybody because they give they give it out to everybody. But they called they they started off by calling them a squeegee worker, already giving them a level of self respect or respect. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. I just I just typed that squeegee worker. Right, but the, but understanding. You got out your car with a bat, sir. Why? You afraid, one. 
but you got out of your car with a bet. What did you think was going to happen? What What was the result? Did you think these boys were going to run? Hit the comment from um, Freedom Finder. It don't matter how fast you make money. For one, why make more? Why make more money than you need in your life? For two, uh, money earned is money loved. When you mm. get free money, you spend it fast and stupid. Well, yes and no. I think I think this pandemic showed if you give people enough money, they will go out and make good on it. I've never seen so many black businesses in this city in my life. There are blocks of neighborhoods in a row with black businesses because of the pandemic. I'm not saying that they would have never done it, but they had the time and they had the financial availability and they made good. So we can't say that about us anymore. You can say that about the fucking white people, but you can't say that about us anymore. Now there's still gonna be people that don't know what to do with money and it's gonna piss it away. But there are plenty of people who because of this pandemic had the time, the financial availability and the, the dream to be able to do some of these things. He goes on to say, um, affirmations work by not wanting, but believing. Every morning I wake up, I tell myself I have a billion dollars, but I need—I just need to do a few things to get my money first, and I never go a day without. Mm. So, Mr. Freedom Finder, what do you do? Finder. Find, finder. Freedom Finder. Freedom Finder. What do you do? I would love to know what you do. And what do you want to do? Um... Could you have more information on the the um, Fuji worker and the the thug? It's so funny because this has now made it all the way up to the New York Times. Mm -hmm. um, a man who got out of his car and swung a bat at a squeegee at squeegee workers during a confrontation in downtown Baltimore was killed Thursday when one of the workers pulled out a gun and shot him. The man who had a heated confrontation with the workers as he drove through the intersection of Conway and Light Streets at 4.30 p.m. parked his car, approached a group with a bat, and swung it at them. Michael Harrison, the city's police commissioner, said in the news conference. Now, I, I want to know how this is going to get spun and how the, the next wave of crackdown is going to happen for these young men who are out here just squeezing people's cars. Now, I never, I've never run into a disrespectful um, squeegee worker, never. Now, up here in the North Avenue area, there are some squeegee workers, but a lot of them are homeless. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have mental disorder. Just by, you know, talking to some of them and going, you know, seeing them interact with each other. A lot of them have mental disorder. So I can see how the wrong type of temperament matched with their mental disorder can cause some friction. But I also see if any, if somebody got out of the car on you, Marty, with a bag, like you're not going to be, hey, how you doing, sir? Mm -hmm. How you doing today? I ain't getting out the know? car first. Oh, right. Well, first of all, Marty's not getting out the car. I'm not getting out the car. I don't know what could oh, be my, my obscenities from the window. You I don't, even, I don't I don't even understand how Monty Carr stays with gas in it because I don't got him getting out. 
to pump gas. I just don't. I don't see it happen. I've never. I, as many times as I drove with you, I've never seen you get That's gas. Okay, because we got the people that are already there that are usually come up and say, "You would, would you like to pump my gas?" Sure, go for it. I want to say morning one of the people that get up early in the morning, but I I would be lying because no. he's not. I typically go to the gas station in the wee hours of the night. That's interesting. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought that. Or well, whatever I gotta go to the place. No. Walmart or something. Right. That'd probably uh-huh. be more like it. Uh-huh. Well, again, I understand why this is news because he lost his life, correct? Or he was just injured? No, he died. Okay. So Timothy well, Reynolds. The, but I wanna hear I wanna hear what his family's gonna say. I want to hear how his his family is calling this young man a thug when your when your person was the thug that got out with the bat with the bat. I want to hear why he got out. What was the purpose of you getting out the car? What were you going to accomplish? Yeah, so they're looking for they're still looking for the the one that shot did the shooting. Um, but they say it's unclear it's if anyone had been hit with the bat. Or whether Mr. Rendles had swung on um, at the person who fired the gun. It doesn't so, matter. You got out the car with the bat. In an intention to swing it. So I'm, which I'm is premeditated sure, assault. I'm sure, I'm sure with so just getting out the car with a bat, somebody knock or just pull a gun. But kind of with the bat is premeditation. Right. Right. Did he attempt to did he attempt to Wash a window and because some of them are a little aggressive, they'll start, you know, spraying before you say yes. Um, and I, I get that how that could frustrate somebody, but drive off. Do like everybody else do, just don't look at them. Don't make eye contact. Say no, roll up your window. So they know that there's no communication. But I I've seen I've done that, I've seen other people do it, and they still don't. You know, get. I've never seen an outrage one. I've seen some inappropriate ones that may be out there saying things or doing things that's a little questionable, but I've never had the experience of being disrespected by one. And this thing where people are so fearful and angry at them, give them a job. Give them a job. Send them to it. You know, there are plenty of programs. Give, point them in a direction. Now, some of them are, are not going to want, especially some of the homeless ones. Because they, a lot of them, especially in the area that I'm in, you'll see homeless people doing it. But they can, they, you clearly got mental disorder. So you can't put that on all squeegee people because not all of them are disrespectful like that. They're taught to be aggressive. Some of y'all with your own business are uh, damn aggressive. But so they don't know who did it. I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure out uh, through the reading of this who who are they blaming? Uh, you, it's so un un identify blame, who's the blame for the situation. Is it the squeegee worker or is the person that got out the car with the bat? But they want they know who's to blame the person who initiated. But they're using this as a as an identifying tool to say that the squeegee workers are the problem as well. Again, they're trying to build that outrage. And it's not. Well, he's a squeegee worker because that's what we call him. Because we call him squeegee boys. I'm I'm calling him a squeegee worker. That WJZ says squeegee worker. That's the word that I'm using from now on. Because some of them are not boys; they're grown men. Some of them are grown men. Mm-hmm. 
Because I was trying to read Brandon Scott's statement, um, the mayor of Baltimore. He says, I want to be very clear, if you are on the streets of Baltimore and endanger the safety of others or turn, um, or turn to violence to solve your problems, we will hold you accountable. And then he goes on to say, regardless of what caused this incident, it is a sad reminder that far too often easily avoidable confrontations escalate to acts of violence. But then here go Marilyn Mosby. She goes in to say um, she's completely dismayed at the heinous act of violence that occurred this afternoon. Today's episode is completely unacceptable and should serve as a flashpoint for our city, our entire city. There are too many guns on our streets and those who are willing to turn to violence as a means of resolving conflicts will be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. So now that sounds like she's going into blaming the person that was trying to act in self-defense of himself from being swung over the bat, allegedly. But it's also, I, I, and, and she's always been, I love Marilyn Mosby because she's very consistent with her messaging, with her, with her stances, even this, mm -hmm. you know, this is right on point. I mean, I like that she took a stance, but the stance seems kind of antiquated when you, it, it, even this whole entire article is identifying that they don't know what particularly happened. Was it the person that, yes. the person that shot the guy? Was it the guy that got swung over the bat? Which means that would have been self-defense. But still, but, but you still have to, because we're arguing. Or with him that shot. Right, we're arguing on a grander scale about gun usage. So we can't just let this go just because he wasn't the initiator. We, we, you can't, because if we're gonna argue about these school shootings, we gotta, we gotta attack man-on-man uh, -man violence. Right, but, but where does the line be drawn on whether or not he may have had a licensed gun? Yes. So what part but, are we talking no, about I'm, here? Are we talking about the fact, fact that he, actually self-defended himself well see because we me, don't know but see for me I, I i purposely did not you know wield the gun ownership thing out there because mm -hmm. i i don't want to speculate because he very much i mean because that's what's being promoted now everybody go get your gun certification so you can carry your weapon go get your gun certification so what if this child or man or i don't know how old this person is because they haven't identified him but what if he was a card carrying gun owner and was just out on there on that block to make some money? Because we are promoting our community in particular uh, is promoting getting your gun certification, get your carry permit, get all of these things so everybody in the world will have a now have a gun. And these are the situations that will be coming up when everybody has a gun. But uh, and that's one side of the issue. But the other side is the same argument we're making for police officers. We, why are we shooting to kill? Mm -hmm. Because you could have slowed him down and his knee cut, popped that that's knee the other side of the argument. He came to um, he came to an argument with a bat. You came with a gun, so you brought a bat to a gunfight. And that's the that's the that's the but that's what you got the face you got the face that coming towards the future. That's what your future is going to look like, right? Those we, that don't have a gun, to you having a gun. Gun violence, whether it's in self-defense or not, we all the issues have because this is what gun legislation is going to do. Right. No matter what, no matter what your ownership level is, you're still going to be held accountable for lost life. Now you may you may get off because you it was come to find out in self-defense, 
But the reason this young man ran, not the fact that he didn't have ownership, but the fact of what would happen to a black man if you shoot a white man. Mm. What what would happen to you? Whether you're in the right or wrong. Like it's it's still uh you're in still any a black situation, man. if he would have stayed on the scene, he wouldn't have been going home that night. He right. would have been detained and questioned well, probably himself. for a couple days. Well, he probably if, if not shot himself. And charged and probably charged at the same time until they until they found out whether it was self-defense or not. And that but as right now, I'm glad. Media outlets like WJZ, even though it's a local source, um, jump on top of this with the right verbiage. So all the people who are stealing clips from that local news are forced to use the same verbiage that's been put out there already. Um, but more than likely, you said it already reached the New York Times. Yeah, that's, the, that's where this one is coming from, from the New York Times. How did they refer to the young man? A squeegee worker. Okay. They used to wear. They used to wear squeegee but see, worker. But see, that's that's the that's the responsibility of media, and I I that is what I value. But that's what I, I'm just. I'm you know I'm really uh-huh. flabbergasted that it did change to squeegee worker, and and like you said, I do credit CBS WJZ for doing that, yeah. um, because we, myself included called them squeegee boys. No, I mean, that that still wasn't a negative connotation outside of them being actually... No, I didn't call it being. I just, I thought it was, you know, squeegee boys inferred to it being children. Right. But I'm I'm happy not to see thugs or mm-hmm. gangster or hoodlum. I'm used to the older ones selling waters and sodas on the side, not doing the squeegee work. But now I have seen some older ones doing squeegee work too. Mm-hmm. But like I, was, I, I thought was, that selling the waters wasn't working because it's not hot enough yet. But now it's hot. But I see what you're saying. But I think I think a lot of them chose to do squeegee work because it's less shit you got to carry around. When you got some sodas, you got to wheel that. Yeah, I love that little uh, <laughs> Walmart container. Roller, uh, cooler, and everything. And mm-hmm. I, I just think, and you still see it sometimes. Tavon came back, but now she's gone again. I, I think she just having signal issues, but we'll we'll try to fix something for the next time if she's not on because we're almost out. But I'm I'm upset. I'm upset at the fact that we could not get it together. Uh, well, just normally, and I'm not gonna say I'm upset, but I'm 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 at pause. I don't know how people are gonna handle this. You know, because he's gonna get caught. Because I'm sure. Light in Conway, there are cameras. There's a new condominium right there. The Hyatt, is that the Hyatt Regency is right there? Or the Sheraton? Is that the Sheraton or the Hyatt Regency is right there? Um, I think that's I can't Sheraton. even picture the intersection. But in any course, I think somebody's going to tell Conway is right there. Somebody's going to say something too. It's right there behind, um, like along the strip where the the light, not I said the light rail, the science center is, the harbor, you know, uh, is a big hotel right there. I can't remember, Sullivan Steakhouse is right there. That's that's Conway. Conway is a street that goes right into- Oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, money. Right into it. the- um, Bell's Point, I mean, that's um, Federal Hill. Right before you get to Federal Hill, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, uh, I'm, when I heard the story, I. 
I just feel like they're gonna shoot this boy. They're gonna find him and they're gonna shoot him. Because they got to, I know it's cameras right there. That intersection. Well, the only way I can see that recourse happening if they shoot him, if they shoot him, they find him and shoot him, is because he shot first. Yeah. I'm I'm nervous to even tell a young man turn himself in because I don't know how this is gonna be handled. And you know, if the young men around him speak up, they'll they'll be able to see that the man got. But out he turns himself in. I hope. I would hope that his community would support the fact that if he's the one that was self defending himself, because we don't know who did the shot, because it could have been one of his friends that was helping to to defend him from getting hit with the bat. That's what they said. That's unclear. If he was defending the so self defense, if he was the one that shot him or I mean, somebody the, else. Uh, shot him. I mean. The fact that this man got out of his car with a bag. Right. That's, when you that's why kept, I said it's premeditation. Kept driving, that was premeditation. You, you came out right. with a bag to assault someone. Right. That's the only so reason you, why you would have came out. You could have definitely just kept driving. So mm -hmm. that's the part that gives me pause. The fact that, the, that he was shot and killed, we already know how the family is going about. They, we're about to see them on the news crying and, and complaining about the violence in the city and when your child or your family member started this, it's, it's, I mean, it's, this is one of those situations where you can't blame the low impoverished communities for this. And you also can't get out of your car looking very intimidating with a bat in your hand and walk towards people. Because yeah. that automatically means that we're going to get defensive. But there are a lot of people in this city that, that are not Black that feel like they have that right now. Mm -mm. That's how they, you know, they get up in your in your face. They get up in your face, they, you know, they say what they gotta say, they do what they, and, and, and they fairly feel like they, they got every cause to be able to do that. I, I just was watching a, a video on Facebook, I believe, Facebook or Instagram, where the woman lived across the street from a park and went to the park and asked the, Ask the lady because she tell her, her the children to be quiet, and the lady's like, "Well, it's really difficult because they're in the park and they playing." But baby, they why would you move across the street from the park if you wanted silence? People are gonna talk in parks. They're gonna laugh and run and joke their children. But it's it's a lot of people who feel like they have a right to police this city, and I'm speaking about this city, but other cities around the country too. But they really feel like they have every right. What what would you going to do? Was he in a way? Was he you know uh, blocking? Because that that strip, especially as you you know how you turn that bend on Conway or you keep going straight to mm -hmm. Federal Hill, it can mm -hmm. get really congested. And literally after you pass Conway, it all lightens up. All the traffic lightens up. <laughs> and that's normally why Light Street up to St. Paul is normally backed up because of Conway. Mm -hmm. People trying to get out of the city after they get to work, after they get off of work. That place is normally was he in the way? You know, was he trying to wash cars? I mean, that's a prime neighborhood for him to be in. All them damn cars. Somebody will stop them long lights right there. But I'm just wondering, like, what what happened? Like, what made you get out? And we can't hear from him anymore. But I wonder what happened. There has to be some cameras or something to show like what was happening before, you know, you probably not gonna get much out of the people who, they also probably got faces recognition of, but mm, I just wanna know what happened.
And will the young man be believed when he tells mm. his side of the story? That's the part that I want. Well, it's only his word. It's only his word. Yeah, but I'm 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 worried that because of his profession, will they believe him? But it's but that's what I'm saying. It's only his word. They have no one else to go off unless they have other witness statements, which I don't see. They may have by now, but right. most of the statements say this man got out of his car with a bat. That's clear. That and it's probably was, it, but you know what? It was other cars. It was other cars. So somebody heard something or saw something. But that's what I'm saying. The statement is that he got out of his. The, the whole entire story starts with the man who, the like the headline on this one says, "Man who swung bat at squeegee workers in Baltimore is fatally shot." So already you start mm. off with him committing a it, crime. It, but it <laughs> it it really. We we are coming, and that that just shows you we're not there yet, but we're coming a long way because just a couple years ago he would have been every thug, hoolum, and criminal. Mm -hmm. But that's what you know. But it impresses me that they started off by saying "man who swung bad at squeegee worker." He already they started the headline with him committing a crime. But see how the narrative, see how the narrative was put out there, and how that matters. Mm -hmm. It matters, and I, I just want. And as the media, I've been telling people for a minute, and if, if you do follow the show, you notice I've been gone more so than I've ever been gone over the whole time that I've been here. And I've been at this station for about seven or eight years now. And I've, I've rarely missed time, but I did not want to become a podcaster that this was talking about celebrities all the time. I just, it is because there's so much more um, I, I really enjoy the shows where we used to bring on or we talked about government issues mm -hmm. or when we commentating over elections. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff matters to me because as an artist that I go out for grants, I do a lot of community work, I teach, I work in the school system. It matters to me because I'm seeing schools being shut down. I'm seeing people outpriced out of neighborhoods they spent their whole lives in. I'm seeing people homes being taken away from them. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing, you know, uh, uh, unbalanced in taxation. It's very unbalanced. You know, I'm seeing people who are being encouraged to get on Section 8 and not anything beyond that. So you'll, you'll rather people stay on Section 8 their whole lives and complain about them not wanting to work when you're putting them in situations where if they do get a job, they won't be able to afford their living situation. If they don't work, then you're complaining about them utilizing the system. So people can't win for losing. You know, we're in an era where there have been hundreds of teachers who have- I got another one if you want it. Go ahead, go ahead. A Pennsylvania 911 operator faces a rare charge of involuntary manslaughter for failing to send an ambulance to a rural home of a woman who died of internal bleeding. Why? Why didn't she send it? Does, does it say? Oh my, That's what is wrong it. with y'all people? That's that's always that's one of the reasons I live in. It says, despite a plea from the woman's daughter that uh, without medical help she's going to die, a Green County detective last week filed charges against Leon Lee Price of uh, he's fifty from Waynesburg. In the July 2020 death of Diana Crunk, 54, based on Price's reluctance to dispatch help without getting more assurance from Crunk, 
would actually go to the hospital. So he he was trying, and that's that's a frustrating thing when you call the police. The yeah, all the yeah. questions that they asking you, and, and the daughter says I'm something. I'm, and part of their job is to calm the person down. So you know whatever the problem is can be clearly registered. So they send a problem. So they they move. The police are prepared, or the ambulance prepared for when they get there. Mm -hmm. But they the types of questions they ask, especially if they come to a certain neighborhood. Like, bitch, I called the police. There's something wrong. Right. The daughter said, I believe she would be alive today if they would have just sent the ambulance. Ooh. And then it says, uh, Price, who is also, um, Price is the one that um, was the 911 worker, uh, who uh, was also charged with reckless endangerment, official oppression and obstruction, questioned by, uh, wait, uh, repeatedly during the four-minute call about Crunk would not agree to be would agree to be taken into um, to treatment. So <sighs> when, mm. I'm, I'm lost. So are they saying, so are they saying that they didn't think the person would go to the hospital? Right. Okay. So, so maybe, she was, I'm, I'm, that this uh, Price woman who was the 911 operator was questioning the daughter repeatedly on the four minute call basically saying, will she be going to, if, she, if she's not gonna go to the hospital, basically I'm not going to the ambulance. Hmm, that's crazy because then um, paramedics do, do, you know, they so do paramedic a, treatment. So I, I know, I know. Not everybody I know has to go to the hospital just because you send an ambulance. Sometimes they just need some paramedic treatment right then and there. Right. And then they'll say, seek professional help. Seek, you know, seek medical attention. If, if and, you don't want to go to the hospital, weird. you need it's to go call weird. your primary care. It's weird because I don't know. I, maybe it's a small town and they know each other or they've written notes on this number before. You have somebody playing on the, the phone, the police. They normally take note of that. Um, but I, one, I've been a nurse before. And one of the things is... We are not allowed to negotiate the level of pain someone is in. So if I say, uh, are you in pain one to 10, 10 being the worst, and you say yeah. 10, I'm supposed to treat you as a 10. You look, look uh, their attorney said this. Uh, what we're trying to do is, um, what we're trying to do here is make it, make sure that this never happens to anyone, to somebody else, right? But he says, it has to be very clear throughout the entire state, so the entire state of Pennsylvania, that when you call, it's not going to be conditioned on somebody on the other end of the phone saying there's going to be a service provided or not. Because, because even if, so, so for, for me, my mother had a stroke almost nine years ago, about nine years ago. And the thing was, uh, the, the problem was, uh, I'm on the phone and she's saying no. Because I, in her mind, she was trying to go to work the next day. So she kept saying no. If those, I'm, I'm just letting you know, if those people would have said, well, we don't think she wants to go to the hospital. I, I would have jumped through that fucking phone. I don't care about suing. I don't care about anything because you don't know what's wrong with her, especially if mm -hmm. the, the child don't know what's wrong. 
and she was in, what they said internally bleeding. Right, and died the next day. Like you don't know, you don't know what's going. You just know something, and the daughter probably looking at her, not knowing what the problem is, and the mother may have well said, "No, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital." But if I am calling, so I am determined. It's not like the mother called and said something wrong with me, but I don't want to go to the hospital. Right, and the paramedic would have made all, the paramedics would have made all the difference on whether to change her mind or not. Right. If right. you would have sent somebody to check on her, they would have noticed that her stomach or whatever her abdomen is filling up with blood. That you need to go to the hospital immediately. Right. They would have asked the professional advice you needed. it up or something. Right. That that may have been the professional advice that her mother needed. That she needs that to go point, to the hospital, but just asking your daughter hands. wasn't enough. But I would think at that point it would be out of her hands if somebody else is calling the police or the ambulance. At that point. But I know a lot of these small towns have really strange rules. Like sometimes you have to pay for the ambulance and some people don't, well, you always got to pay for the ambulance, but yeah. <laughs> you know, they may have a limit. They may only have one hospital or that hospital may be miles away. That's my fear about living. I would love to live on a farm, but I, that's why I love the city because I can walk to the hospital. Fuck you. I'll go. I walk to it. Oh, that's one of my. The guy, Tim, the one that got killed. That's crazy. Oh, the, uh, yeah, let me see what he looked like. Cause I want to see. That's just weird though. But you gonna tell me you wouldn't negotiate like you paying my bill? He act like he was paying for the uh, ambulance to get there. That's, that's just weird to me. It's weird. It's weird. That's weird. I mean, but I, I mean, I think I'm. We all had a, a difficult. Um, hey, Tavon. Hello. Can you hear me? I'm here. Okay. I, I can hear you. How are you? Good. Hello. 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 We were just talking about some hot topics. Blackness, all that. So, how are you? What's going on with you? Like, hey. I haven't seen you recently. Right. Um, hey, everybody. Um, it's a pleasure. First, let me just say, well, first, I thank God for everything. But I would like to give honor to this wonderful man of God, Mr. Nathan Kowser. He's a wonderful... Oh, not my real name. They don't know my real name, boy. I'm sorry. What, what they call you? Name, name, name. Nay, nay. Nate, I'm sorry. I know your whole government, but right. like to give honor right. because this gentleman has definitely has truly changed my life in the game um, when we got started and on the mm. theater room. And um, we didn't know what God had in store for us because you know, back then a lot of us we you know we we are creative and we was just flipping things. We we knew some things we were good at. But we didn't know how God was going to really change our lives and mm -hmm. the gifts, you know, right? The gifts and talents that right. we had. So we there was no social media, none of that. None of that. I mean, none of that. And mm -hmm. um, we we just we had passion, you know, yep. a lot of passion, a lot of yep. a good work ethic, and we was like, all right, how can we get this done? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, over the years, you know, we grew in entrepreneurship and what i love about nate is 
you know, for me, anytime God gave me a vision, Nate was just like right there. <laughs> right? And That's I would, all we had was each other. Right. I would throw it to him and he caught it every time. And we, mm -hmm. we ran. We ran hard. <laughs> and we, when we were on the when we were on the phone the other night, so we in the morning, it yeah. really made me remember those times where you know, you would drop me off or we would be waiting for the, you know, people to get there and we would be talking. And it mm. really just took me back to, you know, it, it gave me a platform. I didn't, I haven't talked about what happened over the weekend yet mm -hmm. until everything's official. Yeah. Uh, but in the follow-up, a lot of that conversation will be, you know, having that conversation and then me not going the route that I would have gone uh -huh. And really focusing on what I'm currently doing and what what my needs are and what comes next and what uh -huh. what's the solution being solution based because it really helped me to to not blow up or go off because I had to remember how hungry I used to be. Come on, like I just remember just a lot and and I discussed with them what cultural journey was and how yeah, we started that. with acting and we all had this this impetus to be uh, entrepreneurs. And we didn't know what we were talking about. We just was reading terms and <laughs> reciting them and knowing and matching up with what our passion was. And I'm, I'm looking at the, um, I'm looking in my mind, I could see, I think her name was Tiana, Tiana, mm -hmm. Tiana the hairdresser. Oh, um, I I'm, 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 We were talking and I could just see her face you know, uh, rest in peace to her, but I could just see her face and the many faces of the people that would come through. It was one young lady, I remember her being overseas in the army and not getting, yeah. uh, had, not having the proper hair supplies for her store. And she started this international site for people to get uh, black hair supplies. Yes. Uh, and I, I just remember the faces of, of the people who would come by and the conversations that would come out of it. And some of them people I'm still connected to, yeah. or, or we've run across each other and I see them in public. Like I remember those, specifically those two ladies, I remember their stories yeah. and things that they wanted to. I remember your mom being there and being so inspirational and being pushing a lot of us. And yeah. uh, I, I just remember the conversations, uh, the venues, um, the food. Wow. I just remember the the back and forth that we would have in planning us going to uh what was it Sam's Club? Yeah. Uh, I still got my I, st I told you I still oh. have my journey Sam's Club card. Yeah, yeah. And just figuring out um just figuring out how you know what we were doing and just just making it not really making it but doing it. Right, right, doing right. It. Just, just doing it, that's not, that's figuring it out as we went along. And that was my biggest um, memory of that. Well, you know, one thing for me is when God gives you something like that, a lot of times people will say no, or they'll say, I'm not equipped. And I knew yeah. I didn't have it all, yeah. but he gave me the vision. The vision came the end of 2004. Five, and then we went mm -hmm. up 2006 for my birthday, May 21st, Biggie Small's birthday. So, uh, but we went up on that day and mm -hmm. I just had to see it. And I think that's how a lot of us ran 
when we were running was okay we knew if i can just put it up somehow then i could figure out the rest as we go and we never spoke that but that was kind of like our thing and mm -hmm. so cultural he gave me cultural journey and basically what it is is a platform for entrepreneurs and for artists and it actually means entrepreneurial empowerment empowering the people and it really starts with the individual. It starts with, it's with the family, the communities, and then we keep going beyond that. So I'm really passionate about it. We ran two years straight. I mean, just going, 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 going. And by, I mean, it's nothing but the Lord. He allowed us to go. It's like every, we started bringing on guest speakers and they caught the vision and then they come on and they just gave their heart. And then we got into these venues and built so it was, um, you know, what this platform also does as well, too, is, is provides information, resources, and the tools that we need to be successful on your journey. Mm -hmm. Culture is a way of life. Journey is the path that we take through that entrepreneurial um, journey. So um, we, you know what, you know, over the years, it's funny because I had a, a conversation with my niece and I said, I had to go through my own, own cultural journey as you know the per, you know the leader that you know the person that god gave that vision to i had to go through it and i was like thank you lord now i really understand the movement and ahead what is really called to do um so we've been constantly building growing and expanding it so i'm just whoo i'm excited for for it's already in motion for, for how we're going to continue to build um, build it. Um, and the people are already in position and ready so we can rock. <laughs> you, mentioned, you just mentioned your your nieces. I think they are two fine young ladies and soon to be three young ladies that Thank are on board with business and having a business mind and having this creative energy and yeah. I, I remember talking to Troy, um, me and him were working together on his You Thought I Was Him project. And I, I keep saying to him, our generation is missing mentorship because our mentors that we had in the very beginning when we were young, young, have now turned into competitors. And that, and that should never happen in mentor-mentee relationships uh, because there's a mutual respect and it's one for all of us to achieve. But we, we were missing a lot of that long-term mentorship. We had them come in and out of our spaces, depending on what programs you were part of as a child. But many of us are missing that mentorship. And I'm I'm just, in me talking to both of them over the weekend, it really resonated that any, especially any um, second generation or 2.0 of a cultural journey has to be from there or should be rather. Uh, with them in mind. Yes. That's the foundation of it. Because, you know, not that, you know, I because I'm I'm pretty fly for my age. I don't know about you. But I um <laughs> but I um I really I'm really focused on children because I feel like we're gonna have two generations behind us that don't have it together because a lot of us don't have it to be mentors right now. Because well, you know, we've been I struggling. I saw at the last event we were just at, and it's amazing how that thing just turns around because mm -hmm. when we were talking to the um, 
two young entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. it was like, wow, okay, we're on the other side now. And I could yeah. see, like, yeah, right, their heart and their hunger, but how they needed that um, that guidance yeah. and that support. And you can, and you can see that. You can see you can, it. You can see it, right? But then also, too, what it did was it ignited a fire. And mm-hmm. I was, I mean, when I tell you, I was like, whoa, like, didn't even expect it. But it's, it's something about that, like, a fire has been ignited for us to go even further with the yep. vision and the yep. gifts and the talents and the skills. And I'm, I am beyond excited. I, I did not know it was going to happen that day, but it, that thing is on, it's on. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us have been, don't, we've been, we've been grinding. We have been building for the builders. And let me yeah. stress this, everybody is not a builder. A lot of people want to come on board when that payment is late and that's okay. I, I probably am like that in maybe some other arenas, but I know in this arena, I am a builder. We are builders. So that's, it's going to take a, a, a different type of mindset, a different type of work ethic, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and that's why we stick together. That's why we talk about the different plans and we continue to go further. And it's, it's amazing to me. It, it's, you know, the amount of information that I have, I just remember being in my early, mid-20s, having those conversations when we would be sitting outside in the car or uh-huh. at the event and be there for hours. But it just, it the information that I have to give now came from a lot of those moments where we were just brainstorming, having right. conversations and, and feeding off of each other and just drifting and talking about things we wanted and what we did right. not have and and the shortcomings and, and then creating those opportunities. So, you know, at that point and beyond, I'm not afraid to create something. Or, yes. you know, I, I do have a habit of not liking change, but I'm not afraid to recreate something or create something. Always from, you know, having this space, that's always been my goal was to have my own space that I can create in yes. and that I can flourish in. And it does make a difference. It makes a difference, you know, in dreaming, you know, but you have to finish something. Even if you don't fail, even if you fail at it, finish it, because then that makes it possible for you to um, achieve something. You know, uh, it, it. I just got a meme and it says, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're failing. And yeah. nothing's going to really come easy. And if it does, appreciate it you know, and, and do the steps to maintaining that easy space that you're being in. Because to maintain something that came to you easy is going to yeah. be much harder than if you struggled the whole way through. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, I, had to, I, I had to learn that in entrepreneurship that really, it taught me, you know, success is, well, I had a gentleman, he said to me, he said, Tavon, and, and nobody has ever said this, he said, make as many mistakes as you can. And once he said that, it felt like I became free because no one has said that. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, I was able to look at my life and said, even though there's been some gaps, even though there's been, I mean, because I, I am not perfect. I've made right. a lot of mistakes trying to figure things out, flipping things or whatever. And God has kept me. But I'm going to tell you, those mistakes is your success. 
because you're like, okay, I now I know what to do. Now I can go higher. Yeah. And that's how you become unstoppable. See, because a lot of times, you know, you can't, it, it's, it's a scripture that says, you know, we're in the world, we're not of the world. You cannot let the world beat you up. And, it's, and if, if it happens, let it happen, move on from it. We talked Don't about that. Don't stay stuck in that moment. Come on now. You can and take your moment. It, it go. really, and it's in, and even, even in my pursuit, and you know, I looked around, I looked around at one point, and I didn't have a lot of the people around me or with me that I started out with. And I had to really refocus my attention and really get back to me you know, and the things that I wanted and not be focused on who wasn't there and who was there, you know, right. but really stand, stand the course. And this week has definitely been a defining moment. Um, and I've been here before. There have been many times where I've been here before. Um, I remember the, one of the last times that we physically saw each other from mm -hmm. a minute ago, and I was at a space. I, I, I told you, I told you there are times where I get a windfall. And I always see that as my window to get out of here or get, you know, move forward or invest more or push forward more. And I would often kind of pull myself back when I would get those windfall moments where I would have like a surplus of money that come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it really just, um, I realized one, it wasn't just out of nowhere. Yes. It was a lot of me being put in the right situations and doing the work that yeah. that situation required. And then that out of nowhere was somebody even decided to bless me or pay me mm -hmm. <laughs> or, you know, give me what I'm deserving. And I'm, I'm really, you know, my faith is in a space now where I know where my blessings come from. And I'm in a space where I'm never going to shortchange myself again. Mm. I'm never going to shortchange myself again or tell myself what I can't do. And I, that was never me. Quietly, I may have been hesitant about things, but mm -hmm. I always, and anybody who has known me over the last, say, 20 years would say, you have consistently did these things. Even if you wasn't the best at it or you wasn't out front with it, you would know Nathan was doing something, doing something to move right. forward. Mm -hmm. And I, that's, that's the legacy that I want to leave behind. Not that you know your legacy, but if I had to choose my legacy, it would be, he never give up. If well, nothing can, else. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? I mean, you can, we can do the upcoming or seasoned mm -hmm. entrepreneur artist, but what would Nate say to that entrepreneur or artist today based on mm -hmm. where you're at? You know, based on what you've seen, you've experienced, what type of advice could you give that? Because that's, that's oh, what well, you, didn't, you didn't know, Cultural Journey was also a radio show on oh, 92 yeah. AM. Come um, on, we flipped that I'm thing. Just saying, I'm just saying, it was, yes. So she, just switch the, she just tried to switch the table on me a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm sorry, because we'll, we'll, we took but that. But it's a, it's a question that I normally end every show with, with my guests. And it's a question I said, okay. what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self, and what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? So to answer your question, my advice would be get selfish. Get selfish. Don't lose the values that my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother and my aunts put in me. 
indirectly, indirectly, because a lot of them didn't directly teach me things. I just watched and saw and learned from that perspective. But don't lose who you are, but get selfish. And that's that's what I would say to my 17-year-old self who wanted a storefront because my Aunt Val had a store in Westport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like a convenience store. And I, I love going in there, stocking the shelves, like playing store, basically. Mm-hmm. Going in there, stocking the shelves, going to Lee Marts that used to be out, Glen Barney, that really tells how old I am. Uh, going, going to leave my that big giant store and stocking up and getting her supplies and bringing and doing inventory. I wanted that. I didn't want a store like that, but I wanted a store. I wanted to be a boss and, and own something. You know, my aunt, she had a, a car phone. She had a white Maximum with wow. the by the seat and she had a car phone. And I just remember, that's what I want. I want that. I, I want this, this life right here. And it really just, you know, so that advice is, is to me, I did not get selfish. I gave more than I took. Gotcha. Or I, I would be open to receiving. And I, I should have been more selfish and more focused on me. Not singing shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but the advice that I would give to myself would definitely be get selfish. What about you? Um, I would say... You know what? I had to, okay, I'm going to tell you what I, I had to realize. Because a lot of times you, you are, you know, doing your skills and your gifts and your talents. And you're, I guess, you know, some people say trying to make it or um, mm-hmm. trying to, some people, you know, you try to chase it. And God, you know, spoke to me and said, I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I heard that, I stopped. Because I, and I said, you know, I am this artist. I am this entrepreneur. And now we just build on that. So it was, you know, I had to, it's like when you become aligned with, 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 with the work that you've been doing. And I was like, you know what, this is, and it's so funny because my niece, she was speaking the other day. She said, I am an artist. And I said, oh my gosh, she's where I was at. She's, you know, she's feeling Mm -hmm. it. And once I own that in every way, my life changed. But there's so more, that generation is so much more fearless um, and selfish and just just confident. And I remember us pretending that we were that confident and pretending that we were that fearless, but we were really playing it safe. And And I don't regret any move I made but I wish I was more selfish and more genuinely fearless. Yeah, I wasn't pretending. I just kept smiling because stuff was flying up and down around. I was like, I mean, you know, before mm-hmm. before meeting, during a meeting, we'd be in the back, had to get in the front. I mean, it was like, but yeah. we was able to bring on some phenomenal um, guest speakers. And one of them, Melvin from The Wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he yeah, was, we did it in his space a couple of times. In his space, he blessed our lives. So that showed me mm-hmm. keep going, keep yeah. going. And platforms like this and being around people like this, it helps us to stay focused. Even if it's if you blessed to have one or two people, it doesn't even matter. Right. Keep, the biggest thing I would say as well is 
keep going. If God gave it to you, bring that rag dry, run that thing in the hole. And because your vision is not for the next person. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just that when God gave me the vision, I looked to my right and he was there. I was like, let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you that's, that's and I think circles need to, people need to realize we need circles again. Yes. You can't do this by yourself. You cannot. You can't get that bag by yourself. Like, you got to be willing to share. And it's room for everybody. But, but we have know, to begin to work together. But a lot of people you see, I saw that coming up. A lot of, and I love Baltimore. This is my home. I love it. But it was a lot of artists that became arrogant or was just like, it's about me. And I'm like, it's about the work. It's about the work. And we shouldn't be you know, everybody's not separate, but you saw groups and people being separate. I'm like, no, 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 we're stronger when we come together, you know, and we can help each other farther. Cause a lot of us could have got even farther, but mm-hmm. it's okay. But this is, this is our walk. But for me, it's about how can I help that next person? So they don't have to, you know, spin their wheels. So that's why we bring that information. We bring those resources. We bring those tools because the next person need, needs it. Right. desperately it's necessary and it's and, and I, I remember you know that group feeling like they were there were people who had it together and there were people that were being inspired by the people that was together and that that sense yeah. of space that we needed that you know I've only seen seen that replicated in a few other projects that I was a part of and it, it just was genuine and there were people there that were faking it there were people there, but they couldn't no longer fake it when they were in the room because it was it was people who on every level yeah. of success or entrepreneurship that was being represented. And it's really, right. it's a powerful thing to have a space where you feel safe, where you feel yeah. protected, where you feel appreciated for your input or your section, section of it. it and, and it was if anybody was to come in outside of you hosting or me helping, you really couldn't tell where one leader ended and the next one started. It was all one. It was right. It was a collective space. You didn't ever run it as if this is mine. And oh, I no. you. it was really, it, and the whole purpose of it was based off of who came. It, it's know, the, the community. community. Um, right, it was community. It was a lot of there was a lot of friendships, of course, that were outside of that group. But I think people started to get serious about things, and not everybody took it seriously. A lot of them were there because they were a friend of mm-hmm. somebody or of yours, and it really they didn't understand it. But I noticed that happening today when people are trying to start initiatives like what you have, and and just a little bit uh, about the backstory the backstory of myself and Tavon, I've been trying to get Tavon to come to this space forever. My and God. Not, not, I'm not bashing, I'm not pushing, but I'm just saying because it really, this, this platform right here was meant specifically for my copper nights. Um, I'm going to say my Kaumba nights uh, and Tavon specifically. Because we just had dreams. And, and a lot of our dreams overlapped, but we both had these dreams. Tavon was way more business than I was. 
because I'm very much so an artist by heart and by habit. Uh, but it, it really, I thought that this would be the best platform for that in wow. terms of moving it forward and going going at it. And, it, it, you know, life happens. Well, you know, I, I, that dream was never left, but it, it I'm just exclaiming that in a space of, because nobody thought I could do this. And I, everybody who I went to did not think it would last. And I've been here for years. But you said everybody, Nate, Nate, we knew you could do it. So yeah, well, it was, well, it, it was, it was while with other people that I was with. But, but what I'm saying is this, I saw it in you because, you know, the, the, the baton was passed to me, that opportunity. I walked in it, Larry mm -hmm. Lancaster, boom, Nate, boom, you know what I'm saying? So... Mm -hmm. I already saw it, right? You know, so, but that's why we focus and we do what we do because mm -hmm. it was it's in you. You just, you just do it, and then God right. will build you and mold you as you go. He equip you as mm -hmm. you go. He sends the right help and support, right? You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it is, and it's. I think everything happens for a reason. As we said, we both said that this weekend, everything happens for a reason. And I, I, I think both of us needed a certain level of experience in our journey to be able to bring something to a table. And for me, I am not, I'm not where I was. Because remember before, I wasn't making jewelry at that time or um, doing podcast. I wasn't doing any of these things. Right. I was working at Iroko African Art Gallery. And it or was or at Towson. Right. I was I was helper B Nate. I was learning a lot from different spaces. And and even my confidence and when I'm speaking to a I've just I just had a conversation with a young artist yesterday. We did a Zoom conversation and I was giving him some insight, helping him with his marketing and branding. And I could hear some of the things that I was saying, sometimes I take a moment and listen to myself speak, and which is scary because I don't, I don't want to be just jabbering, <laughs> but I'll take that moment to listen to myself and I just wish I had that. I had mentors, but they were specific to a specific thing, but I never had a mentor that just was a guider or just a, you know, somebody who would stand beside me. So it, it just really, go ahead. But what that's why I was saying it's you know because it's a, a lot when we look at everything we're like man if I had this if I had that you know mm -hmm. but the great thing is we have that wisdom yeah and it's it's kind of like you get to a certain point where it's like I can't bend you know yeah. so God not he he won't allow me to bend just you know what I'm saying so if I had to take this route mm -hmm. for for other people for the next person. Then I think I thank you, Lord, for the challenge because everybody could not do what we did, and especially at that speed. That I mean, that was just like I mean, I ain't gonna say it's crazy, but we went hard. But I'm gonna yeah. tell you this too. You said something about business. God challenged me in business a long time ago. I was I started off just as an artist. Mm -hmm. That was it, and a lot of people had other talents, and I was like not doing what the majority was doing. So I had to figure out other ways to make it happen. But when yeah. God started challenging me in business, it changed my life. Cause I said, okay, I no longer just want to be 
I'm, you know, creative. I also want to step to the plate with people in business. Like that thing is real. You can't play with this because you are your brain. Yeah. At the end of the day. So that's a that's a whole nother um show. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, you you got you, we gotta strengthen that business side as artists. You, we, we can no longer put out and you see that with a lot of mainstream artists, a lot of like a lot of artists as we was running. Right. A lot of them look at them today, they'll tell you they ran so hard, but they didn't have business skills and they put their lives in the hands yeah god and i said you know what look i thank you for this route because if i would have went out there early i would have got lost but again again that speaks to the team aspect because i can i can learn the business but i i'm only learning it so i know who to hire and who not to hire but we have to begin to, especially on a family friend circle basis. If you know you have certain skill sets, help your cousin or your nephew or your brother out that need help in that area. If you know you a good accountant, go help that family member that's trying to start that business. Stop looking and waiting for them to succeed so they can pay you a high yielding check or cut you in on their deals that you didn't help them to obtain. Like, that's why they go hire a Jewish man or a white man to be able to do these things because they didn't have that support. They know you're good at these things, but they know they can't afford you. So just help help each other out. You know, you may not get the money. I feel like, I feel like you just tried to pull me in here and I don't like it. He did, he did, he did. I'm just have to say that. But you I don't want to speak on other things, but you're doing that right now for a friend, Lonnie. You're doing that right now. You're right. You're right. And it's it just, but one, we have to know how to ask for help. But at the same time, if you know you have a skill set, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I really did just say accounting because I was looking <laughs> at you but I, but just knowing what your strong suits are, help each other out. I've been able to help people and I couldn't really pay them a lot. But I was able to get them other jobs and other gigs where they got big grants to do what they do. You know, I'm, I'm owed a lot of 10 percent, a lot. I'm not even going front on myself. I owe, I'm owed a lot of residual income from the 10 percent that I deserve. Now, can I get a seat right, can I get you right now? Again? Can I give you my part right now? No, because I want mine in cash. He calling me out, too. I'm sorry. No, because I want mine in cash. You know, love love don't pay BGE, baby. I get it. I'm patient. I'm patient. I'm patient. So I'm I'm willing to wait. I'm When you got it, I know I got it. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm not patient. I'm, I'm not impatient. But I'm, I'm just saying it's just, it's just that simple. You know, I stopped having a lot of friction with people when I learned to just play my part. I can no longer be helper me. I can only help you from where my skill sets lie. And that skill set may be helping you find somebody else or using one of my gifts or talents to be able to bring to your whatever that is. You know, I'm for Tavon, I was literally her chef. Most people don't even know I like to cook. But I just became the chef for cultural journey because that's really what I had to give her in that moment. At that point, I wasn't, again, I didn't start making jewelry until cultural journey was over. 
mm-hmm. you know, that became something because had I been making jewelry, it would have been a vegetable table at every cultural journey. But it, I wasn't there yet. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I was simply asking at that point. I was a student and I was an athlete. And that, that was, was it. That was the um, first phase of um, Cultural Journey because yeah. you, you realize in business there's different phases. We want to, you know, how you start is not how you want to end that thing. And you have right. to evolve. You have right. to evolve, you know? So, um, but yeah, you became the chef. I mean, because that was the yeah. biggest thing when we came to the table was we got to feed people and we got to feed them good. Like, and I was cooking, I was cooking for real. This wasn't I mean, no yeah. Lord, this wasn't no Lord chips and dip. I was really what? cooking a couple hours that morning for every cultural night and but, still was doing other things. Like I, I remember just always having flyers for stuff and it was kind of the budding. I, I, um, Mr. Fola, he had came back here one time and I got to go to dinner with him. And he was just amazed at all the stuff I was doing. Yeah. Like, he was like, where was this when we were at the shop? Right. But even then, it was still my creativity was coming out. You know, I've been able to befriend Missy Lane and Missy Lane brought a lot of this out of me. Yeah. Really, this, I need to put her name somewhere in here. Yeah, yeah. So because that's that was really the opening to this. It was my creativity that helped me to keep going and keep doing it. But she introduced it to me. And it, and I saw that as a way of me eating. I literally ate throughout college because of the jewelry. But I'm gonna tell you the, 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 the real the realization, and you have to you have to really know what it is. We are builders and mm-hmm. builders that pavement ain't laid. You know what I'm saying? That pavement will be laid, but we're building the it's foundation. It's not going to be laid. It's going to be right on time. Right, but that, that um, we had to, you know, we couldn't articulate it back then what it was, mm-hmm. but we yep. were building the foundation. The foundation is here. You know what I'm saying? And yep. now we just, everybody's established and getting established even more. And then, you know, we have these new things that's added to it that's explosive. Yep. So, you know, and, and it's for the road ahead. So I am confident. I am grateful. I'm right. excited because people are ready. And, I, and just, just going backwards just a little bit. To, and I, the reason I bring her name up is because I, I have thought about her a lot. Yeah. Because we would, she was my laughing partner at those events where we would just laugh and joke about like, people. Just the right. weirdness that would come through the door sometimes. And I just remember, you know, watching her going through her sickness and still finding the energy to get into that shop. You know, um, I remember moving in my neighborhood. She was one of the ones that I looked for first because I knew she was in that neighborhood and just figuring out, you know, she was good at the business, but she, she knew how to contain her customers and keep them and keep them moving. And I learned a lot just by talking to her. And I just, you know, I, I've always said that I want to do something in her name one day, but it just, you know, it, it hasn't come to me yet, but it, it definitely, those conversations matter to me. Like I was listening. Well, because, and I'm glad you talk about Tanea because she is one of the reasons why I go forth. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because she would be like, Tech, you going right? You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, and you know, she 
because everybody she was a stylist she was professional and yeah. she was a builder so right. it was coming from so many different angles from from so many different people and i was grateful to sit in the shops for hours and build you know and and, and speak with her and so many other people so right. we go forth for the people that have have been in our lives like a tanea right mm -hmm. and um that's why like you talked about like briefly like a situation that happened recently those situations that may be challenging we mm -hmm. take them away because that's to build you right. period you know what i'm saying so but but then we quickly focus on your mission your purpose and your assignment which is a whole nother talk show but you quickly go back she keep to talking she keeps talking about these other talk shows as if she's going to come back no, I just, 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 just thought about it. I, I just, it came to my mind real quick. Sorry. But that's why, because it's funny, you go out into the world, you start to look as an entrepreneur, you build, as you continue to build and build, you realize 24 hours, it is enough time for the Lord that He gave us, but it, 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 it's like you feel like you don't have enough time. So you constantly are working against the clock if you get to that mm -hmm. point. And it's like a lot of times you go out into the world and you like, I can't talk about these things. Or I can't go into certain places because I got a bill, you yeah. know, and that thing is what? And, and when, when that vision becomes more clear and the God starts sending you more people, you like, man, I got to get this done and we're going to get it done now. And, and the last thing I want to say, Nate, you did say you fly. I'm going to say, I'm trying to be fine as one. Through, through all of this process. You can be, right? you just say it, and then you are. I'm, I'm just, try, I'm trying to be fine as wine when it's all said and done after all this building. Tavon, Tavon, her name for me was Vacation Boy. That's because good. this is how I've dressed my whole adult life. I have, I have sandals on as we speak. Right. My legs are out as we speak right and that has always been my mission and and because i that's the life i want to end up with i want to be mm -hmm. able to end up and be that old man that can just drift around and go from <laughs> place to place and travel and still have a poor but the work that i put in would speak for my ability to be able to move about the world comfortably mm. and always feel like i'm on vacation we, we, oh, I, if I, I always had shades on, that's why my eyesight is bad because I never wore my glasses. I shades and flip flops and shorts. This is how I want to. I want to live out my life. That thing this, is. This real. is that's my goal. That's how I want to retire. We are global travelers. We're going to travel the globe. <laughs> you know. So I, I, I know again. No, for real. I thank you, Nate, for your time. I thank you for just um you know pushing yourself because it, yep. it really starts with you and and changing your character because you needed to no i'm sorry no but just um you know just find uh -oh. uh -oh. just, just finding ways to develop with you know what i'm saying your character mm -hmm. and um because just now reinventing I myself that's that was always yeah. figuring that out trying to reinvent the nate and just not kill off but more so evolve i want to evolve and grow like you coming into this space what was your you know not not i don't need the gratification or the validation but from where you saw me start with jewelry to now what was 
What was that moment when you first came in here? When I came into um to your studio? Right. Oh, I was in awe. Because the biggest thing is see, you gotta see when God gives you an idea. Mm -hmm. You don't worry about am I equipped? You don't worry about none of that. Put it up. Yep. And when I saw it, I caught it. And that's when I said, I said, listen, Cairo needs to see this. Because I already mm -hmm. knew what it was going to do for her. Because once it's up, raggedy or not, you can build from that. But it, Baby, you got to put up. This is like, it's, it's coming. It's coming. You will see. You will see. You about to you, see in the next month. What you, you about to see. What you have is incredible. Mm -hmm. And we just we just go from there, you know. Yep. That's yep. the biggest. That was that was the biggest thing for me with cultural journey. Yep. Even if you have an idea, come. Yeah, yeah. Just come because something yeah. is going to spark. Well, somebody's going to be there to help you spark it. Come on, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so I definitely want you to return. Uh, no pressure. Uh, you were always supposed to be the co-host. Or a Um, I'm just saying, just putting it out there. You know, I've said it before. I love some of my other calls, but it was always meant for you um, and a couple other people. Uh, okay. I, I didn't say which ones, Marnie. Don't do that. Me and some um, others. But I definitely want you to come back on and share some of that information. Uh, with it was just the implication. It was the implication, though. That's what you know what I'm saying? Out the sound of I mean, friendship. Yeah. I lost friendship. You, you, you and 50 people. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I asked this. Are you going to have a meal? Because, you know, we got to eat. Well, we virtual, so you can eat in your own house. <laughs> so. But, you know, you got the studio. I do. I do. But, but, again, the world will see in the next month. August is going to be a great month for Mr. Cows. And I'm just going to say that to you all. Mm. So you've been doubting me. Let me move over so you can see me. You've been doubting me. You've been ignoring You've been waiting. So I'm going to give you something to wait for. So August is about to be a great month for Mr. Cowsey. So just, just look out for it. Mr. Cowsey is coming out, you guys. I guess I'm doing a promo. August 2022. Everybody get ready. 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 Come on. The blessings on are now. coming. Reach out for them. And hey. I am. I'm reaching for them. Hey. Uh, but again, thank you, Tavon. Uh, you can follow her on Facebook. Can't wait for they follow you. You guys, you know what? I'm blessed. I you can support. We're working on it. We're working don't, on don't, it. Don't, don't don't follow me. Follow, follow God. You can support me. Uh, I am in the community. Um, we do have a August 7 events. We'll, we'll, we'll put that back out there. But August 7th, we'll be out in the community. Um, artists, entrepreneurs, and any and everybody. Is family. that with Carlos? Yes, with Carlos Harris. Um, he is the host of that event. So we'll and that's the Why Not Lot, correct? You got it. So we'll yeah. be at the Why Not Lot, August the 7th. Get your house music shoes ready. Come on. Some food, some great music from uh, I'm sorry, say Tommy from Carlos and Friends. Yes, um, I'm gonna be there. You better be there. 
uh, looking for vendors, yep. makers. Um, if you contact me, I can pass that along to Ms. Tavon. Gotcha. And uh, we're going to build some things. we got some things coming up for the rest of the year, but the next event will be August 7th. And, and something may come before that. We'll do a pop-up. And I and I have something for you, Tavon. I, I, I did. know you did. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Why? <laughs> yes. No, but I'm don't, excited. Don't me with some opportunities because I'm going to have one back foot. I'm going to tell you. But you know what? The last thing I would like to say, if, if I can say one more thing, mm -hmm. I, you know, all of this, my father and our parents, and they went out there and just did it. You know, and they didn't have all of this. You know mm -hmm. what we had, and but they did multiple. They they found their niche, but they did multiple things because it was less. You know what I'm saying? And now look at them today; they're standing tall, and and that's what we do. You know, the more that you can do or learn or get the right people to do it, mm -hmm. then we can get where we need to go. Cool. And I want before we leave, I want to speak a light one to your dad. Oh. Um. Uh, he's the Earn Neville of Baltimore City. <laughs> he has a very fine voice. He's a very great person. He uh, helped me out with a situation in my home, and I want to appreciate him. And I definitely, um, I want to give some cancer love out today to uh, my great-grandmother. Her birthday was on the 5th. So I want to send some heavenly wishes up to her. Uh, mm -hmm. Without her, I... I'd probably be some weirdo playing video games still today. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> she forced me to get out the house. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom's birthday is coming up on the 16th. So I want to send an early birthday out to her. Um, and I really just appreciate all the support, all of the love for the past week and beyond. But this week has, has shown me my age. It has shown me my capacity to focus and mm. be calm and just know what I want and just lean on hope and faith. And um, it's more to come. I yep. know tomorrow isn't promised, but that's not going to stop me from preparing for it. Mm, um, yes. And I really am in a space where all or nothing, either get on board or get yes. out the way because you will get ran over. Yes, see, I and like that's that. Where, that's where I'm at in life. Um, goodbye to all the people who, um, or rest in peace, rather, to all the people who uh, got silent when I told them my price. And I'm just going to keep it there. That's going to be my message going out. We going to have another highlight show, hopefully. I'm going to get on with Marnie. Uh, he going to have another show before we come back next week. This Well, we're not here next week, right? Was it the following week, morning? The, the following week. The following, the following week. week. So we're going to be here next week. We won't be here the following week. So look forward to a conversation we have coming up. I have a young artist that I'll be interviewing soon. Um, and then we'll have some people on from the, the production that I'm working on. Um, and a couple models will be coming on this month as well. So definitely look forward to that. Um, and peace out, people. This has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Uh, thank you, Tavon, yeah. for coming on. Awesome. Awesome. A pleasure. Peace out, people.
Bye-bye. Oh, bye. bye.